Welcome everyone, I'm Steve Spaulding, and this is another episode of Steve Reads Stories. On tonight's podcast, we'll be looking at a rejection letter written by Peter Bentley of Bentley & Sons Publishing House to one Herman Melville on the subject of Moby Dick. This is one of those times where you wish there was an alternate reality where Peter had gotten his way. Because if he did, there would be a version of Moby Dick out there with absolutely no whales, but a lot of voluptuous young maidens. Peter also didn't like all the messy talk of religion, unless it was about Lutherans, which I guess didn't count. While Peter passed on the book, it was ultimately Richard Bentley of the same publishing house, who accepted Melville's manuscript in 1851. While most of Peter's revisions didn't make the cut, the British edition of the book is notable for having about 1,200 words missing, because they were deemed sacrilegious. Interestingly, a number of sexually explicit passages were also excised, which must have been a real bee in Peter's bonnet. This letter is the story of the intersection of art and commerce, and a great example of why every well-meaning suggestion is not one you should take. I hope you enjoy. My dear sir, we have read with great interest your intriguing effort of Moby Dick, or The Whale. And while it fortified us greatly, despite the somewhat vision-impairing length of the manuscript, we were wondering if changing certain of the story's elements might not buoy its purchases at the shop, as it were. First, we must ask, does it have to be a whale? While this is a rather delightful, if somewhat esoteric, plot device, we recommend an antagonist with a more popular visage among the younger readers, For instance, could not the captain be struggling with a depravity towards young, perhaps voluptuous, maidens? We are sure that your most genial friend and fine author, Nathaniel Hawthorne, would be instructive in this matter. Mr. Hawthorne has much experience introducing a delicate bosom heaving with burning secrets into popular literature. I'm afraid that while we can appreciate the hardiness with which Captain Ahab pursues his passion for fishing, we would find it estimably helpful on your behalf to leave out his personal belief system. Let us not identify one faith over another in such sense that were it to prove an offense to our readers, this would most certainly thin shillings from our purse. If this development affects your character's motivation disagreeably, then would it not suffice to make him a Lutheran? Everyone knows that Lutherans always have a bee in their bonnet anyway, and they are not quite so many of them in London. Bentley and Son appeals to your more libertine nature, and requests that, for heaven's sakes, we're trying to sell books here, you discard the employment of thou and thee as it will put the reader too much in mind of the vicar's sermons on Sunday, and thus ruin a good Saturday night read as being just too much of a good thing. All in all, we were quite delighted with your previous efforts, type in Domo. They were just the thing, what with the cannibalism and native non-state of dress and all. We remain hopeful for more of the same. 
yours in commercial endeavours, Peter J. Bentley. Editor, Bentley & Son Publishing House, New Burlington Street. Steve Reads Stories is produced by me, Steve Spaulding. If you like what you've heard, take a moment to rate us on iTunes, SoundCloud, or wherever it is that you get your podcasts. It really helps. You can also follow us at StoriesCast on Twitter. Or if you're feeling particularly generous, support us on Patreon by going to patreon.com backslash Steve Spaulding. No you. Thanks as always for the support, and I hope you'll join me again next time.